Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to what I'm calling tonight the Beats, Brews, and Points of View meets Midwestern Gentlemen podcast, because <laughs> we have got a little bit of a different schedule lined up here for you tonight. Um, as you heard on our podcast um, a few weeks ago, I was lucky enough to go down to Wisconsin with my good buddy Andy, who runs Midwestern Gentlemen. He invited us out there um, to be the media coverage for uh, part of the media coverage for um, Blue Ox Music Festival. Um, and so tonight is kind of a recap episode on what we did over that weekend. We're going to give you a little history on it, take you through some of the bands, and we're going to kind of highlight each day and what we saw and uh, what was there. Um, so yeah, it's uh, E-Man is off tonight. There is no E-Man with us tonight. So my partner in podcasting sitting across from me is Andy Case. Welcome, Andy. Hello, everybody. Um, so I guess I want to start this thing before we get into the days of it. Oh, by the way, that was um, a song called Castles in the Air to start the podcast off. That is by a band named Pertinier Stans- Sandstorm, who is kind of, it's kind of their festival. Um, they're kind of responsible for putting it on. They help run it, and they headline, you know, um, a couple days out of the festival. 
uh, to play, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. And that song actually is funny. I was listening to that song, and is even if that so- that song is bluegrass, but there was parts of it and elements of it that kind of reminded me of Led Zeppelin. There was like a couple breakdown parts in there where I was like. This kind of feels like a bluegrass take on like a Zeppelin breakdown. Like, I feel like anybody who's picked up an instrument attempts at some point in their career a Led Zeppelin moment. That's probably like, definitely true. And then they had the Battle of Evermore too. That had that like um, yep. ukulele or mandolin on it or whatever. Yeah, they had a, they had a few tracks that dabbled yeah. in in kind of folk and Americana. Which definitely, was, you know, big inspiration for mm-hmm. them American music. So yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, everyone's inspired by Zeppelin. That's a fact. But um, anyways, yeah. So before we get into breaking down each day that we went to. I kind of wanted to kick it over to Andy so he can kind of tell you about how um, he originally, because he's done this for multiple years now, got involved with this festival and kind of what the festival's about. So I'll kick it over to you. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, this might be the, the Banjos. Uh, <laughs> what, batch, what, what's the uh, podcast? Beats, Brews, Banjos, Brews, and Points <laughs> Yeah, of <view>. Banjos, <laughs> Brews, and Points of View, for sure. I like it. So, yeah, the, uh, the, the Blue Ox Music Festival is held in Eau Claire, Wisconsin each year, which is probably about 90 miles, I want to say, east of Minneapolis. Um, and it's probably best known for... It's bluegrass lineup, but it's kind of a combination of bluegrass, Americana. They throw a little country in there. Um, but it's a three-day festival and, you know, one of my favorite festivals to go to. Uh, the scenery up in northern Wisconsin, those Man. Northwoods, is a backdrop. It's yeah, that was my first time. That was beautiful. Um, and we, we got invited out uh, years ago. So I, I it kind of started back on Midwestern Gentlemen. Um, I found myself uh, somehow ingrained in the Minnesota music scene. Um it started actually with an interview with Charlie Parr, probably in like 2013 or 14. Uh, it was a cold call on his website. I did this interview with Charlie Parr, and as soon as I released that, immediately, like every band in Minnesota was sent, like emailing me, sending me, hey, review our album, mm-hmm. you know, check these guys out. Um, and then it got to, you know, management and a few other people, and, and I saw right around that time, not much after that interview, they had kicked off the first uh, Blue Ox Music Festival. Um, which, as you noted, was uh, is hosted by Pert near Sandstone. That, what did I say? Sandstorm. <laughs> a, a, a good song, just a different genre. Uh, so the boys fumble of the words. All good. So uh, yeah, Pert near Sandstone is a uh, Minneapolis-based bluegrass band. Um, they have a huge following there, and I got introduced to them through my brother. Uh, shout out Sam, who was uh, a student at University of Minnesota and going to a lot of these local shows and sending me all their stuff. I did uh, interviews with them, albums, so I just kind of found myself, you know, helping, you know, artists in the in the Minnesota scene get some get some PR. Uh, you know, fast forward a bit, uh, I was introduced to Mark Gehring, who um, it just has his foot in everything in Minnesota music, and and he was the the, the gentleman that as soon as he got us into oh, the gate, yep, okay, <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, which was my baller moment of the weekend. Dude, he was awesome because not to cut you off real quick, but he showed me this band. Um, Felix, or wait, hold on, let me, I don't want to butcher their name. I think it was called Felix Dion. It was all good, yeah. And as you pull that up, you know, yeah. there was a little bit of uh, some confusion on our, our passes and getting back there and what we're supposed to be doing. And Mark was there, and uh, the security, as we're trying to get back there, Mark just goes, who are you guys with? Midwestern gentlemen. He goes, oh, yeah, these guys are good. Get them back, you know. Yeah. And then, like, almost immediately, because Andy tells him what I'm about, and he's like, you know, this is Neil. He runs this podcast. He's super into music. And all of a, right off the rip, he's like, well, I got this band for you. It's kind of like 
Mac DeMarco meets Thundercat meets Tame Impala. I'm like, <laughs> like three of the fucking <laughs> artists that I love like to listen to all the time. And uh, I got to say, Mark, I went home and listened to them. They're Phoenix Dion's the name. I didn't want to butcher that. And I really loved the music. You were spot on with that description, by the way. <laughs> like, it was, like, spot on to what it, the sound was. And so, yeah, I ended up reaching out to those guys, Phoenix Dion, and I've had um, discourse with them over um, Instagram through DMs, and I'm going to have them on the podcast eventually here. They want to uh, – obviously, they're not in Michigan, but they want to uh, – call in and do an interview that way so, that's so huge, thanks man. for the hookup yeah, that's, that's how it works i mean <laughs> I, you know being able to talk to these guys and, and my interviews themselves i think why they caught on a little bit was they weren't they weren't about music they weren't necessarily about you know your new album and what inspires you mm-hmm. and you know all this it wasn't a generic um kind of interview and i've really talked about what was it like growing up in the midwest what do you, what you know what makes your music midwestern what about the midwest inspires your music and the i mean we'd have these great conversations so um, long story short, you know, all, all the dots aligned. And a lot of these bands are showcased at Blue Ox, and Mark was like, let's get these guys. You guys need to come out. Um, so since 2019, we've been, we've been showing up and, um, you know, hanging out, talking to musicians, uh, you know, playing the vibe guys. as we, as we <laughs> Yeah, imagine. we were definitely the vibe guys. <laughs> just kind of back there um, and just getting people talking and having just good conversations with these people. Yeah. And, and we're – our presence, I was always hoping, was just kind of a break from kind of the hustle and bustle of being on tour and, you know, getting to a new town and maybe just meeting a, a, a new face and having a nice conversation. And mm-hmm. we've been keeping that going for the past few years. I like it, man. And, you know, it's funny, just to call back to what you were just saying, I think I found doing this podcast, that is the best way to interview people because I think it originally, and a lot of people, because we interview a, a lot of local musicians, you know, so a lot of them haven't done podcasts or radio shows yet. And so, like, they're always kind of nervous to come in here. But I feel like if you get them talking on some shit that they're interested into first, then it's like, okay, now that the, the walls come down a little bit, the shoulders loosen up and everything. Like, and, and I've always said that to the guests coming on. I'm like, this is not going to be an inter- like a typical conventional interview. Like, we're going to talk about your stuff and obviously plug your stuff and we'll talk about your the music that you're making. But we're going to just talk about, you know, the music that we like to listen to, the shows we like to watch. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if get you, you out of the comfort or yeah. the the tension, you know. Yeah, and those and that those conversations inform you why their music is the way it is. Mm-hmm. And you start to connect these dots, and uh, yep. it's 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 been one of the more enjoyable pieces of, of Midwestern gentlemen is getting to talk to these these artists. Yeah, for sure, man. I think it's funny because like, we were joking about it while we were actually at the festival. Like, I think I knew every one of the artists almost by name. <laughs> like, you know, like everyone like knew who I was by the end of it because I was going in there, you know. Obviously, the people that listen to this show know that bluegrass and country is not in my typical wheelhouse. I definitely listen to some bluegrass, like I've seen, you know, um, um, some shit at like Electric Forest over the years and Bonnaroo over the years, but nothing like that was going to be an entire festival dedicated to it. Yeah. And so, me not knowing what any of these guys looked like backstage, I was just striking up conversations with anyone. And I'm like, oh shit, they're on stage right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's a really big name artist. Cool. And they love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I wasn't grilling them or acting like a fanboy or anything like that. I actually, like, you brought up Charlie Parr first. Um, and it's funny, because someone from the outside looking in, you know, I wouldn't know who this guy is if I passed him up on the street. But when you get to learn about him and, and talk to him, you kind of realize that this guy's a big fucking deal in, in the bluegrass scene, and especially in that area. 
And man, he was just like as cool as could be. Like he doesn't act like it. He doesn't like we were talking about third man records and how I'm from Detroit and how he's played there and you know like yeah, he really he's one of the most engaging artists back there. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you stop him for a second and he's just he's happy to be there and meet everybody. I've I've seen him at um I saw him in Hamtramck at a record store. Um and I was a little bit out of the uh I was out of the concert loop, but you know, I, I had forgotten that seven o'clock doors mean mm-hmm, <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh, the show's really going on at like ten or whatever. Yep, Anyways, exactly. I show up way too <laughs> early. I walk into this record store, and it's literally just Charlie in the records, like perusing records. And <laughs> I was like, Charlie, you know, and I had interviewed him before, and I was just like, Andy from Midwest and Gentlemen. He goes, Oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. We sat and talked for an hour. That's awesome, man. One hour. <laughs> um, and I was like, This one isn't going to go on the record, but um, he, yeah, he's he's one of my favorites, and. He's a big inspiration for anybody with a string instrument. Oh, for um, sure. His style and uh, watching him live is just a whole nother level of, of kind of energy. And, um, at, you know, when you see him, the, the voice as it carries through those pines in the Northwoods, I mean, there's not a better venue to see Charlie Parr. Especially because, like, you know, it's stripped. His music is almost stripped down to it because, you know, it's three people playing on stage. You know, it was him and a bass player and I think a guy just playing, like, a little bit of percussion, I think. I think they yeah bass yeah he br- he brought the trio on um and usually he does do it's just him and a guitar so mm-hmm. um yeah I believe it was bass and I think there was a light percussion you know yeah. back there too so yeah he's got one of those voices that just definitely takes you and it's funny cuz he seems like such like a you know like live in the moment type of fly by the seat of his pants kind of guy because you know i was like charlie what time do you play and he's like i don't know i figure someone will tell me at some point and so i had looked at i had left for a little bit and looked it up and came back and i saw him i was like charlie you go on at eight he was like hey thanks man (laughs) he's like like, i knew somebody would tell me (laughs) i thought that was pretty funny so actually in the spirit of that since we're talking about him currently i'm gonna pull up a little charlie parr for us so the listener can get because I know a lot of people listening to this will be new to some of this music as well. Um, so let me get a little bit of Charlie pulled up here so we can play. Are we, are we allowed to talk over the music at all? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Right, cool. Um, let me see. What song did we have down that we were going to line up? Charlie Parr had Ain't No Grave. Ain't No Grave. So, yeah, little last year um, I went and covered one of their smaller shows uh, up in the at the Pines um, Music Park. And... Charlie was the the headliner for the night, and so there's a festival grounds that holds thousands of people, and there was maybe a hundred people mm. here. And Charlie played his set like he was playing Madison Square Garden, or whatever the you know. And uh, this song, "Echoing Through the Woods," oh man, like it it was it was a moment. Speaking of those woods, too, before I get into playing this, I, all of you guys listening know that I'm accustomed to going to Electric Forest, and the way they had the tree line backlit at Blue Ox. Gave me such Electric Forest vibes, and I loved it so much. It was like, oh, man, a little piece of me is here because I can't go to Electric Forest because yeah, sh- it's shut down. Shout out to the Bischel family who runs that park um, and, and kind of co-hosts of this of this whole operation. Um, they do a, a wonderful job with everything this For- festival, from the coordination of where everything is, uh, just how they traffic control, uh, obviously the lighting, and yeah. just it's, it's such an easy going and, and – and such a great festival. So and that's, that's the thing that I enjoyed about it too is um, it's because I'm used to like Bonnaroo is I think eighty thousand people, Electric Forest is maybe like thirty five thousand people, something like that. So especially Bonnaroo is easy to get lost. It's huge, you know, like there's so much space to cover. And I felt like I got the grounds down. Like I liked how the small and intimate that this festival felt. Like the grounds were smaller. It was easier to learn it quick. 
Um, and it was cool because it was like family friendly. And this mm-hmm. is something they would definitely never do at Bonnaroo. <laughs> is they you, they'd allowed campfires and everything. Like there's definitely no way you could start a fire at Bonnaroo. Like them kids would have the entire place on fire probably. Yeah. So I thought that element of it was really cool. Like it made it feel like more to like homely, like in a way. Yeah. Like so I, I like that. But um yeah, so here's a little bit of Charlie Parr. This song is off an album of his called Cheap Wine, and the song is called Ain't No Grave Gonna Hold My Body Down. Well, ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. Ain't no grave hold my body down. Hear that trumpet sound. You're gonna get up out the ground. Ain't no grave hold my body down. Well, That's a little taste of uh, Ain't No Grave Gonna Hold My Body Down by Charlie Parr for you, uh, just so you can hear a little bit of what he sounds like. Um, man, I, I love voices that cut through like that, man. Like, when it's when you, when you got a vocal that that's that commanding, like, it's almost, you know, you don't notice that there's no band surrounding his music. You I feel know? Like there's a, it's one of those things, too. It's a, there's a lot of imitation of that sound. Oh, for you sure. I mean, out there, and I, I think it's, it's slowly kind of got commercialized a little bit. Chris Stapleton's and all that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, that kind of soulful voice. Yeah. Um, but I mean, nobody does it better than, than Charlie no. Parr. I mean, and when you, when you see him live as he's as he's ripping that resonator guitar and singing these and stomping, and um, it's it's a one man show, but it is uh, it's huge. I feel like that's where the testament is of authenticity too is on that stage because there you can really tell the difference between the authentic shit and the bullshit. <laughs> Dude, he puts you know? he puts on literally. I've seen him in that record store. I've seen him on the stages at Blue mm. Ox. I mean, it's the same. It's the same show. Um, and he's a great follower. I mean, I think his Instagram is just his name. Go follow Charlie Parr on Instagram. Like he'll just do little ditties where he's like sitting in his living room, you know, playing guitar, doing a little fill here, a little yeah. fill there. Like it's great. <laughs> it's awesome. So yeah, I really enjoyed uh, Charlie Parr. He's a super nice guy. Um, but I think we're going to catch a little order in this, and we're going to go and break this down by the day of the festival um, of what we saw. But before that, since we don't have a beer segment on the on the podcast, which is what we normally do here, um, I just want to shout out Founders because Founders is um, you know obviously Detroit, Michigan company, 
Um, and they were the sponsor this year for the whole festival. And being that we had the backstage passes, <laughs> there was a nice big cooler in the back that was always full of all the finest founders products with a few on tap. So that was enjoyable to drink all weekend for free. Yeah, and I think, <laughs> I, yeah, and I was with uh, so founders. Yeah, the the beer was flowing. Uh, Summit Brewing was was back there too. And oh, Summit was, Brewing, that's right. I was hitting those extra pale. Uh, those extra pale ales or Saga IPAs. <laughs> when we went through that little tester thing, were, were you? Yeah, you were there with us when we, when we walked in with the group of, of kids that we met camping. Uh, there was like the you could do like the little mini tests of it, but the tests were like basically like a small glass yeah. at each one. So there was like seven stands in a row by like the seventh one. I'm like, I need to sit down for a second. <laughs> yeah, they had they had a it's a it's a great beer lineup. Um, Food too. Yeah, food too. The beer. I mean, founders obviously a little bit of bias from the from the Michigan boys mm-hmm. being there. Uh, Summit Odell Brewing, which was another. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. An, another great uh, vendor there. Um, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones that they. Uh, New Belgium. New Belgium um, was there. Some that's of the right bigger too. ones. Yeah, Dogfish. Yep. Um, the the most interesting one was probably the was Earth Rider, and I believe. Believe they are northern Wisconsin, Eau Claire local, mm-hmm. uh, but they had that blueberry honey cream ale. Oh, I forgot about that. That yeah. was crazy tasting. That was good. Uh, that was a good. It was a good breakfast beer. <laughs> That's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> it was like you have your breakfast burrito and your your orange juice. And I'm full. Know, and blueberry honey cream ale. <laughs> yep, that's for sure. Um, and then uh, oh, I had these, and then Third Space, which may have been the local, but Third Space was another one of the uh, local vendors there too so yeah there was uh now now Point we're with beers and banjos and <laughs> points of view now <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> um but yeah so the first night we we got there on thursday during the day and thursday was the first night of music um playing and you know after andy kind of showed me the lay of the land and kind of we kind of walked around backstage he kind of showed me like what they had done in previous years and stuff it was kind of time to see the music and um, it's funny too because me and him are talking to this guy backstage, and I had like for some reason on um, on Blue Ox's uh, website, BlueOxMusicFestival.com, um, they had like all the pictures of the acts that were playing that night, and I had gone through it, you know, driving up when we were on our way, and I recognized the guy that's sitting backstage, and I'm like, he looks like he's probably a performer, but I'm not sure. Sure enough, he's the very first artist that's going to perform that weekend um, on the main stage. His name is Kyle Tuttle. His band is the Kyle Tuttle Band. Uh, they're from Louisville, Kentucky, and I really enjoyed his set. He was in a three-piece band. Um, I have family from Louisville, so I was able to send my aunt a little video clip of him playing, uh, dude, which was cool. He's 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 uh, he rips on the banjo, super good. He rips on the banjo, and I believe he's. Uh, I think I'd read too. He'd won a, a handful of competitions um, for just uh, for just the mastery of the banjo itself. Beyond, I mean, he looks like a punk rocker. Yeah, he really right? does. Mohawk, yeah, green the, hair. Yeah, I mean, the he long just, like he looks like. A, <laughs> Yeah, he looks like he should be at a punk rock festival, and his music kind of is. <laughs> yeah, it really it's is. Like bluegrass punk rock. Um, he was a great, great way to open up that festival. The yeah. high energy stuff. They they don't ease into it. It's yeah. like whatever time it was, it was like five thirty. It was like boom, yep. Kyle Tuttle hit, and everybody hears it through the pines, and everybody starts rushing towards that that festival mm-hmm. bowl. Um, he was a great a, a great starter for this whole festival. Yeah, and to give a little a little context to the people listening, so the way that Blue Ox is set up, it's um there's two two stages in like the main area, and then there's one back in the woods by where the campgrounds are at. So the way they have it set, and which I thought was really cool because it eliminated a lot of bullshit setup time 
where there was always music going. So the one stage is almost directly behind the main stage. So as soon as I think it started on the uh, the smaller stage, yeah, so and then as the, soon as they were done, it was like boom. Yeah, you just the two turn stages around. basically face each other, <laughs> yeah. and so you, yeah, you you get around to music, and then you don't you just have to turn around and walk fifty feet, and yep. there's another, and then yep. turn around again, walk fifty feet, and you're. Yep. <laughs> so the the opening band had just got off uh, before Kyle Tuttle. And um, so we didn't see them on the uh, stage across because we were hanging out backstage. Then we went out when he started playing. The opening band of the other stars was Arkansas uh, started it all. Uh, and they played in a couple sets in between. And then a band called the the Kind Country Band played a couple sets in between. But anyways, Kyle Tuttle started it off. And I wanted to play a song from him that you could hear it because it made me think about my Uncle Scott who passed away because he's from Louisville. And I was able to send it to his wife while they were playing, and I thought that was pretty cool. It's called Eight More Miles to Louisville. So, Uncle Scott, this one's for you, my man. Miss you. Countrywide seeking fortune fair. Up and down the two coastlines, I've traveled everywhere. From Portland East to Portland West and back across the line. I'm going to the place that's best, that old hometown of mine. Someday that I'd come back, I knew it from the start. Maybe eight more miles to Louisville, the hometown of my heart. That's a little taste there for you of Eight Mile Miles to Louisville by Kyle Tuttle Band. Um, yeah, I really like that shit. They were, uh, who was right after that? It was, um, right we had listened to we had listened to Kyle Tuttle and then it was Lily May. Yep, Lily May. Yep, just angelic voice. So you went from oh kind of like the 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 punk rock and banjo into Lily May, which is just angelic voice. She <laughs> caught my eye backstage before I even knew who she was. She, we were, Andy and I were sitting on the picnic table, kind of talking to some of the other media guys and some of the photographers, and she kind of walked by and kind of waved at us. And she she looked a lot different than most of the people backstage because she's wearing this like silver like reflective dress flower in her hair you know bleach blonde hair and i'm like hmm. she also looks like an indie artist kind of yeah. or like like someone that would be in like a punk band or something i knew it was <laughs> as soon as uh uh her bass player who's back there too and i, I think he was back there in like a I think oh like a, he, was, he was in like the, yeah, the cowboy like a, hat the with cowboy like hat the, the overalls yeah. I think he had like a gold chain on yep. or something I think at the, one point I, he had a prison uh, like a full prison <laughs> orange yeah. suit on i think the overalls were like a cow colors weren't they that's right it was, like, the, it was like the dairy cow print. yeah that was so sick. <laughs> yeah so we knew they were going to be interesting <laughs> we definitely wanted to catch their set and a little backstory too that i learned about lily may because we ended up um we didn't talk with her specifically but we spoke to her brother after the concert who also plays guitar in her band and um apparently she got her start she was a she signed to third man records which is jack white's, white's label from the white stripes um that's here in detroit which, shout out to him, he just opened one in London, by the way. I saw it performed over the weekend. But anyways, um, yeah, so she was signed to him, and I guess she used to play um, fiddle in his live band um, for a while and then kind of, like, jumped out on her own 
and he gave her a deal on his. And I, I don't know if she's still there, but I know her last album came out on it. And man, she was awesome. Like her set was probably one of my favorites of the week. Thursday had a lot of my favorites of the weekend. Honestly, they they came out of the gates like swinging on us. Um, she just has a really unique sound because the way that her lyrics are structured and the way her vocal is, it almost has like a very like indie rock feel to it. But the music is very like bluegrass centric. It's kind of and a country. They're they're a Texas band, so they yeah. have that that kind of Texas. Yeah, they definitely shuffle. did. Um, and that uh, the the rhythm sections in Texas bands, it's kind of a Texas rhythm to it. So mm-hmm. I mean, I, I feel like you could be at a at a honky tonk listening to this band. Definitely. Uh, if anything, um, and there uh, that track didn't I? That was the one. Just so simple. Um, it really, you know, her voice. You know, yep. carries a song, but just that the simple shuffle, the kind of simple rhythm in the back, mm-hmm. um, I thought was, uh, I had a moment at that point too. She also kind of um, makes, there's this um, kind of folk country artist that I listen to um, that she reminds me, oh shit, why did I just, just totally drew a blank on the, oh, Valerie June, I'm sorry, Valerie June, she reminds me of the way her voice is a little bit. Um, yeah, so I really enjoyed her. Let me see. We got anything on it? We have to, the listeners need to hear this voice. Oh, yeah, I've got her. Um, here is, let's see, let me pull it up. This is Didn't I off the album Other Girls by Lily May. Didn't I, didn't I, didn't right off the There's a little taste of didn't I for our, for you for Lily May. Um, man, I really there, love her. Voice. That, we had a, like the six o'clock buzz going. You just got that bounce. <laughs> yep. <your> and... <laughs> Let me go back and grab another Founders seltzer out of the yeah. cooler. <laughs> it's only Thursday. <laughs> it's only Thursday. Yeah, definitely had to keep reminding us that. And it's like it's so hard for me to be at a festival. Like I've tried to teach myself over the years. Don't scream and use your voice a million times on day one. It almost <laughs> always happens where I lose it by day two. Like almost, I think I still had it for like day three of the festival, but then it started to go down downhill after that. Yeah, shout out to <laughs> Lily May and her brother. I mean, that was uh, that that too. I think that brother sister yep. being on the road. I mean, there's certain. Um, we talked with him a lot about Willie Nelson. Yeah, was kind of um, was kind of a conversation starter between us. Um, you know, and Willie has uh, Bobby the the piano player's sister plays so oh yeah i think there was there's some kindred spirits there definitely um, and definitely had the same vibe so 
Yeah, it was definitely uh, cool talking to them, and it seems like they're definitely busy right now because they were some of the bands were there, you know, to hang out for the weekend and stuff, and then some of them were just like in and out. You know, I think they were one of the ones that were in and out. We yeah. wanted to hopefully catch a conversation with her, but I think they were out by the next day. Yeah, that's that a tour. well, that's that's a big thing about twenty twenty one too, and I think with festivals in general, I think the the misconception is that everybody's back there just you know yeah. shooting a behind the scenes documentary <laughs> yeah, and it's like right? behind the music or whatever. <laughs> but you know, these are these are their jobs. They're, yep. they're working. You know, they're when they're there, they're working. So even back there, mm-hmm. um, you know, you you approach usually after a show. You know, they've all got the routines and their setups, um, and they're working. And, yep. and so it's uh, for them to be, you know, at a festival that night. Some are leaving for you know shows later that night, or you know they're traveling from northern Wisconsin down to Kentucky or something. So um, yeah, there wasn't as much as I as I would hope of of some of the artists hanging around as in the past years, but. They got to make up for a lost 2020. Man, I, I, my, I don't know how artists do it, man. I think touring would take such a toll on me because, like, even for me, like, I, I'm a really big homebody. I don't really leave Detroit all that often, and like, going to that, and then I was home for a week, and then I went to Nashville for a week after that. And it's just like, this has been the first week where I was just like able to chill, and I'm like, God, it feels so good to just be home with like no plans. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know how they do it for like years, sometimes two years at I, a time. I, like, I went on, uh, I went on a very sh- short run. Um, helping with merchandise and stuff for uh, Detroit Country Band back in the day. Um, one week on the road from they left at two a.m. from Whitmore Lake, and drove to Southern Missouri, um, and I was with them for roughly four or five days. And I got back, dropped off, dirty, tired, and just kind of like <laughs> I don't know. How to, and I th- from what I've seen, um, it comes down to the routines. Yep. Um, you know, staying staying in a routine, but. You know, it's also being able to enjoy the excitement of, of new towns, new people, new cities, um, and I'm sure a lot of them would want to stay. But um, yeah, there's they're they're working. So. Yep, that's for sure. Well, anyway, so following um, Lily May, um, we had at this point in the concert, we saw a little bit of horseshoes and hand grenades, but I think that was the point where we had decided to go back to camp and also get dinner for the night because I wanted to mentally prepare myself for the only group on the entire bill that I had seen previous to this. And I knew how fucking amazing they are. Sorry for the curse. Um, and that's infamous string dusters. Um, little context behind these guys. My first experience with them was actually at forest and, um, one of the members played or two of the members, I'm sorry, from the dusters and two of the members from, um, string cheese incident did a small bluegrass set during the middle of the day on a small stage and it was so fun and i was like i'm definitely catching these guys wherever they play at from now on so i was really excited for this show um by you andy they uh yeah i had seen i had i feel like i caught the tail end uh they played i believe it was a two years ago um but i i've Took the time this to watch this from start to finish, um, and I didn't have too much context on Infamous String Dusters. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about their shows necessarily. Yeah. Um, knew the music uh, a little bit, but um, yeah, this one uh, this left the bar high for the rest of the weekend in terms of headlining acts. That um, is a fact. It was a li- you know a huge light show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you know, seventeen minute jams. Yeah. Um, what was it? The uh, dancing in the streets. That was sweet. Yeah, they covered dancing in the streets, and that <laughs> for was like fifteen minutes, and you forgot oh, yeah. that they started it, and then they went into a jam, and you're, and then you kind of start hearing the chord progression start up again. You're going, wait, oh my gosh, it's the They're same back song. At it. Like, See, this is my favorite part. That's like that's when I felt like I was back in my wheelhouse because I love seeing jam bands live, and I love when a band will like start with a song 
jam out for so long you forgot about that the, they're actually playing that song and then they go back into it and you're just like what like I saw String Cheese play a set once where they literally started a song, jammed for 75 minutes, went back into that song, concert over. <laughs> it was it was good timing, too, because I had just gotten into the jam band. I, I had, I was this past year in a, in a Grateful Dead phase. Um, and in the past, I guess I, I maybe just didn't appreciate it um, as much as I should have or you know, just I think some of the the kind of '90s jam band stuff, the the heavy noodling on, mm-hmm. on guitars and yeah. stuff. Um, you know, but this one was I was I was already kind of jumping back into jam band music and and you know, 17 minute, 12 minute jams. Um, so this hit at the right time yeah. for me. It was just kind of reinvigorating me on that that whole scene. And it definitely puts things in perspective when you see that kind of jam and musicianship, like. Uh, and improvisational skills live. You're like, this is crazy. That's bluegrass. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that, that, and I think that's, you know, sometimes people say, well, you know, it all sounds the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what, what separates and what we hear, and that's why I think Blue Ox's lineup every year is insane because they are they have young artists, they have, you know, old artists, seasoned artists, but it's, it's how tight you have to be as a bluegrass mm-hmm. man because you're not hiding behind distortion. You're not hiding nope. behind overdubs. You, it's your acoustic instrument <laughs> blasting over these yeah. speakers um and so i think that's kind of the the difference is yeah. like how tight these bands can be and well i've got some of my some of the tightest bands in the land i want to talk about for sure we'll get into but um infamous at that pace at that speed at that energy for an hour and a half and not missing a note it's crazy is insane <laughs> and you just step back and just appreciate that just yep. that fact while you're watching it mm-hmm. uh, makes that even that much better yeah that was the one i was definitely most excited to see we'll give you guys a little bit of a taste of it here i'm going to play this one for a few minutes just so you can kind of hear the progression and uh how, how it builds how they build a track this song is called tennessee jed it's um off one of their live albums from uh actually this year live in telluride um, so yeah, here's a little bit of Tennessee Jed from the infamous String Dusters. Tell you right, we love you guys. What a weekend. Yeah, cold on shackles of jamming. Oh, 
That's a little taste of Tennessee Jed for you by the infamous String Dusters. I could watch their slide guitar player play yeah, all day long, dude. Play. Yeah, he's just, like, amazing. <laughs> it amazes me that how quickly they can jump in and out of those tempos without any, you know, leading from, you know, without percussion. You, you don't have any kind of, like, fills or what kind of what's, like, yeah. to be able to keep keep uh, keep up with each other and just know what everyone's doing. Because awesome. if you heard a, a dobro slide at the wrong moment, you know, it'd it kind of be jarring. Mm-hmm. These guys, I agree. Keep it and, going, the and whole they time. just rock it out so crazy. I think his name is Andy Falco. I think is the name of the guy that plays the dobro, um, who was also in the the jam that I saw with String Cheese. So, shout out to the infamous String Dusters. Um, in my humble opinion, you won the weekend for me uh, for my taste in music. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely love that. And then I think so that was towards that jam that finished concluded the um, music on the main stage of that night. And at this point, that concert took a lot of energy out of us. So we had gone back to our campsite to kind of hang out. Uh, we have met some cool neighbors. So we were talking to the neighbors and chilling over there. And then Andy and I attempted to go see uh, the music on the Backwoods stage. And we were watching it for a while, and it was fun, and we were having a good time. And at one point, it was almost like Andy read my brain because he looks over me and he goes, I cannot stand up for one more damn second. <laughs> and I was like, yes, me too. Let's <laughs> go was, back. It was a valiant effort. <laughs> it was a valiant effort. Yeah, we attempted, I think, the roughly just after the midnight set. Yep. And, man, I wanted to stay so bad. And I was like, I can't. I got to sleep. Yeah. So. And this is on top of him driving for damn near 12 hours, you know. <laughs> so, like, it was a long-ass day. Yep. <laughs> so, it was good. But the backwoods stage, it also helped that we were probably – I don't know. So close we were to really it. close to it. it was so like we were at the campsite, but you can hear <laughs> yeah. you could hear the music on the on the backwood stage, which is kind of a nice um nice lot of sleep each Yeah, time. and it worked out to my benefit too, because I almost lost my phone. I was running back from one of the stages and uh had dropped it in the like I, I didn't even notice that I dropped it. I got back, I'm getting all nestled into my sleeping bag and I go to grab it and I'm like, Oh, you gotta be kidding me. And so I woke you up, grabbed your phone, called it. And because people are so nice there, someone like, actually answered it and directed me right to, like, back to your it. Phone at. It's, in a, it's in the woods with hippies. Yeah. We're like, oh, man. She was like, I saw it light up on the ground, so I picked it up. And then she just stood there and waited for me. In the rain, by the way. It was like lightly drizzling at this point, And I grabbed it from her. And I was like, thank you so much. Yeah. I forget their names, but you guys were awesome. Yeah. And we got a good night's rest, and that, uh, mm-hmm. which was good because music starts at 1130 in the morning, yep. I believe, on Fridays and Saturdays. Yep. Um, and I actually caught... Uh, as I went down to get some coffee, and I, I think you and the group were kind of shaking off Friday night a yep. little bit. <laughs> Thursday. Um, yeah. Or, yeah, Thursday. Yep. And I had uh, I'd stumbled upon the, the backwood stage started the music, which was right by us. And uh, it was Doug Otto and the Getaways. Oh, nice. Um, which had a little bit more of kind of, it was it was kind of a, I had I'd not heard his music prior to, um, but it was much more of kind of a country, um, uh, kind of a, a, a country band. Um, which is my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. So it's just a nice, just be sipping coffee in the backwoods and dug out and there's, you know, probably 50 people out there kind of watching them. Um, it was a great mellow kind of start yeah. to the morning um, as we as we picked up more on the bluegrass stuff in the afternoon. Yeah, and it was nice too because even if you didn't want to go, because, I mean, it's a long day, but by the time the backwoods like really gets going for the night sets, I mean, it's, it's going pretty late at night. And if you didn't want to, we were so close, you could literally sit at our campsite and hear the music crystal clear from yeah. where we were at. Like so, it was pretty perfect. Laid in a few hammocks and listened to a couple of the sets from there. Yeah, Friday Friday was a good day too, and that was uh, I think that was the big one that everybody had circled. Yeah, um, yeah. Jason Isbell is the headliner. Charlie Parr, mm-hmm. uh, Pertnier was on night. that. Pertnier did their their first set of the weekend. Um, 
But one band that I definitely, you know, as as your listeners have been hearing the banjo and kind of talking about tight bands, that was the Hen House Prowlers. Yep, yep, um, I was just going to say. So the the guys from from Hen House uh who I've I've seen in the past um and I've done interviews with another just great uh great group of guys uh Ben, John, Chris and Jake. Um I believe I got the the current lineup right, but you want to talk about like you know, the tightest band on the land and, and kind of what separates in, in bluegrass is is they they are a very tight bluegrass band. Beyond just the music, it's fun watching them on stage because they share a mic. Mm-hmm. So they kind of do the the single mic in the middle, four guys around it. And the choreography of these guys of yeah. like where they, they, they just know when to who's gonna carry forward, who's who steps back. Yep. And it's just it's like choreography, watching these guys pl- just rip bluegrass music while they're casually going yeah. in and out of each other sharing this microphone it's it's fun to watch for the listeners who may uh want some context that are familiar with that kind of style it very much reminds me of there's a scene where they're playing they're recording i uh a man of constant sorrow in oh brother where art thou yeah where they kind of you know they're when the background singers are coming in they they pop around the lead singer and they'll go and sing into the yeah. mic you know it, it's very it was very orchestrated like that and it was a, it was a treat too and kind of your uh something old something new yeah because uh, they played with tony trishka um who some have called him kind of like the father of modern bluegrass oh, okay. banjo um so he's he's if anybody's picked up a, a a banjo they know of tony trishka um so he joined them on stage and i know it was a big inspiration for ben um, and you kind of see the excitement in Ben's, yeah. you know, energy and eyes as he was introducing Tony and getting to be, you know, share a stage with him. Uh-huh. It, was, it was a big deal for him. And uh, as usual, they tore it up. Yeah, they did. Um, let's give them a little taste of the Hen House Prowlers. What's a good song that I should play by them? Uh, let's do some. Their new album, their latest album, The Departure, uh, came out not that long ago. And I believe uh, Rich Man's Dream is. Rich Man's I, Dream. I believe opens the album. And yeah, it does. Is yep. one of my favorite. I really Favorites like the album art on it too. Uh, all their albums. That's if you know if anybody's ever you know kind of getting into bluegrass um, has been introduced to it uh, and wants to hear just clean, good bluegrass. I check out the Hen House Prowlers. Without further ado, here's a little bit of the Hen House Prowlers off their uh, new project called The Departure. Here's Rich Man's Dreams. <laughs> in Reno, snack lunch from the store, didn't get much sleep last night, the banjo player snores, the AC isn't working, windows need a clean, I need a break, but for goodness sake, I'm living a rich man's dream, living a rich man's dream, oh, living a rich man's dream, woke up in Karachi, fever of 101, nearly hot as the air outside, but still we must move on, time to get on stage, Porcelain got at this gig, just a hole in the ground. Living a rich man's dream, oh, living a rich man's dream. Life on the road ain't the luxury it seems, but in the end we'll still pretend we live a rich man's dream. Four part harmony, man. Yeah, Ooh. man, that's great. I really like that. I could, I could literally talk about Hen House all day. Um, <laughs> I, I could. The, the, the guys are great. The music's incredible. Um, but if you guys want to know more about Hen House Prowlers, uh, if you head on over to MidwesternGentleman.com, 
uh, my interview with them uh, that I did, I think right before the pandemic last year, they were playing at Oda Supply in Ferndale. Um, got the story of, of, you know, their beginnings, their music, um, and their endeavor as bluegrass ambassadors, um, which they travel the world, you know, kind of spreading this bluegrass culture and American culture. Um, so it's, it, they're great guys. It's a great story. Uh, head on over to MidwestonGentleman.com. Which I believe you can also more. catch the Charlie Parr interview there as well, right? Do you still have it up there? I believe we've got Charlie Parr still up there. So Charlie Parr, Henhouse Prowlers, uh, Pert Near Sandstone. So a lot of these artists that you're hearing, um, there's more information over at MidwestonGentleman.com. And, uh, you know, it's the 21st century. Just Google it. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure, man. That's for sure. And something I wanted to note, because on our podcast, you know, on Beats, Brews, and Points of View, we talk about hip-hop music a lot. And for someone to be, I, you know, when I'm going to a concert, I, my eyes end up focusing a lot on the drummer and a lot on the bass player, right? So with bluegrass, there's not a lot of drummer. You're mostly keeping time with, you know, stomps, or sometimes they'll have a bass drum that they'll play, or, you know, um, just the timing of each other. So it's kind of like fun to focus on new things. So I spent a lot of times focusing on the singers and the lyrics. And man, I, when you really cut, break it down, musically hip hop and bluegrass sound nothing like each other. But there's really a lot of common ideals and um, a lot of similarities in different ways because it's fast paced music and it's really lyric and storytelling driven. And that's what you find in both of these. And I think that's why I don't mind that the drums is missing on on, on um, bluegrass music because I'm listening to how awesome these stories are and how good these guys are at telling them. Um, and that's my focal point on hip-hop, too. I love hearing storytelling, and that's my favorite kind of rap music. So I really thought that that was cool, like uh, something worth pointing out, too. Yeah, and I think, too, it's it, just like hip-hop with bluegrass, too. When, when a bluegrass song you know pops into my head or I'm, I'm thinking of one or singing along with one, it's not necessarily like the opening banjo riff. It's... Mm-hmm. It's the hook or the yep. chorus, and, and so there's uh, the the structure of the song, yeah, the storytelling. Um, you know, there's obviously the the whole culture of you know storytelling around a certain culture, um, and it's party music, man. I, definitely, I mean, you know, definitely, it, it really was a party is. all weekend. Oh, let's sure. not let's not. You yeah, know, it's definitely is. All right, that point. This wasn't this wasn't <laughs> the Grand Old Opry. Where we're sitting down, and right. you know, it was a party all weekend, and. And a lot of the times, too, like bluegrass, like sometimes there'll be like a little banjo fill in the beginning, but a lot of the times they come like first, like opening second, you're hearing lyrics. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it almost starts like immediately on some of those, like that Lily May track we played, like that was right off the rip. <laughs> yeah. And Friday, uh, you know, Friday, we've been doing a lot of the bluegrass and they, they kind of warm you up with the bluegrass. And yep. then kind of going into Friday, I, I know we touched on Charlie Parr mm-hmm. uh, jumping on there. And then, um, course the big headliner for that night was uh jason isbell and the 400 unit yeah and which is you could feel it in the air because it was a little bit more crowded on friday you know more people had come in to see this guy and you know a lot of people know who jason isbell is uh just not even just in the bluegrass and country scene like a lot of people all over know who he is yeah um i think he got I put on my radar, obviously, on like a negative thing that he turned positive, which was pretty cool. Um, I just saw that that Morgan Waller dude that covered one of his songs that got busted for saying the N word earlier this year. Um, you know, he made a lot of money off this song, and and so uh, Jason decided to take the portion of the money that was 
reaping back into him, you know, because he wrote the song and donate it to I think like it was like the Tennessee chapter of Black Lives Matter or something like yeah. that. So oh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, he's a fun. He's a great follow on Twitter. Actually, yeah. if you really want to know beyond the music, um, he's you know socially conscious and uh, very funny. He's, he's, Big sense of humor, insane guitar player, and yeah, just obviously an incredible musician, songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I knew him from his days with the Drive By Truckers, yep. um, which is kind of an alt country band from late '90s, 2000s. Um, he did, he did a stint with them, and some of their, I think, most well-known songs, you know, were penned by, um, by Jason. And again, it's you know, I think also with Friday Night and kind of obviously with the the string dusters and that energy, there's still energy to his to his acts. Uh, but he's you know, it's like seeing a Bob Dylan. Yeah, for you sure. Know, you're, you're there to to hear the song as it is. And I, I described it. Um, a buddy was uh, catching Jason here in Detroit um, sometime soon. If yeah, I think not. his show is like within the next few days, maybe. Yeah, or or, or whenever passed, that is. Um, but I I kind of described it like if you're a fan of Jason Isbell's you know albums, which are fairly acoustic and um hearing hearing that album on the speakers of a major stage amplified like that uh takes all these songs to a whole new level oh, for sure uh, and is is an experience in itself um and that was one i, I kind of took advantage of our of our of our past yeah you were in you there know, taking photos <laughs> <laughs> i mean for the most part we you know as as, as great it is to have those passes yeah. and have access there's you know roughly five feet in front of the stage where we, we were allowed to go and take photos and kind of experience everything for the most part we we would hang out in the in the audience yep. and um that's that's where it was at but i definitely took advantage of like just taking a few moments kind of getting up there took a few shots but you know just kind of standing and staring going like you know, this is kind of a generational artist, I think, that, mm-hmm. I, you know, when uh, history will be kind to him, um, and we'll be talking about him for a while. I've always loved watching guitar players shred, too, and man, he, like, when he starts playing a solo, it's like, like a pin drop in the audience, because it's like, you're just staring at him, his tone is insane, like, the, he's so good. The musician, like, it goes back to kind of the musicianship and, mm-hmm. and bluegrass music in him, it's very, you know, it's, it's it's very technical, it's, you know, it's not hiding behind crazy nope. distortions or amplifications, yep. it's like, it's a very clean, yeah. clean solos, Yep. Um, and just watching a master at work. Also, I, I, he already mentioned the Twitter, but he's also another great Instagram follow because he does a lot of the same thing too, where he'll play little guitar jams or show you how we played a certain song of his, you know, stuff like that. So I think that's pretty cool as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so he headlined Friday night. And so after that, unfortunately for us, Friday during his set, it started downpouring and it was yeah. like a super heavy storm. Luckily, we had the backstage passes and we ran back there and they had the tent area where artists were hanging out. And so we like waited out part of the storm in there, and then we went back to the campsite. And apparently, he came out and played another set after the rain calmed down, which I heard about later on. And I caught it. Oh, I, you did, I you did yeah, going back out, and catching it. I went it? back out there. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's part of it's part of that weird weather up in northern Wisconsin. Yeah. It the uh, it seems rain as soon as it hits Eau Claire, like any like storm front or rain front, it basically like hangs out there for a while until it figures out where it wants to go. Yeah. So it's like. If if you're catching rain, um, it doesn't pass very fast, and so honestly, that rain made me really enjoy the rest of my night though, because after the crazy downpour, it, it lessened up and it was just kind of lightly sprinkling for the rest of the night. And man, when I climbed in my tent that night, it was just like so enjoyable to lay there and like <laughs> sit there and listen to the rain, you know, kind of listen to people and, and the music. And good on him too, because they're they're another act that has they're on the road, man. They are yeah, oh yeah, they're on to the sure. next town, and you know, I think Jason could have easily you know said well it's raining so 
pack up and yep. let's go. Yep. But he didn't. They waited out. I mean, a decent amount of time. It was probably 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Um, he could have easily headed on to the next town, but he sure stayed did. around and he finished what they, they could with the sound ordinance and everything. He, I think he came out, he did, you know, three or four more songs for yeah. the audience. So, um, I think just shows kind of the, the person that Jason is, yeah. um, for, for kind of his, his notoriety. And I mean, he's a national act. He's one of the bigger acts I, um, I would think yeah, I mean, having that. To put it in perspective, he was also going to be one of the headliners at Bonnaroo with a couple of weeks later that I was supposed to go to. So, yeah. you know what I mean? He's he's on that level. So He's yeah. funny, too. He's he's also, I mean, on stage, is that, that southern. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. He's a super southern. Was he from Muscle Schultz, Alabama or something like that? I think he's Alabama. Yeah. I would imagine. I mean, Alabama Pines, thinking of his all his songs, yeah. the contents of his song. I think he's an Alabama boy. Yeah. He, you can definitely hear he had, like, a really, really thick southern accent. So I thought that was pretty funny. Because I didn't actually know what, like, but besides his singing voice, I didn't know what his speaking voice was gonna be like. It's so it's 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 so inviting. <laughs> you know, it's a bit, it's it is. Like, well, thank you, everybody. It really for is. Having <laughs> us was today. That... I appreciate it. <laughs> That's great. I got his. You feel like he's playing in your family room. He's just so kind. <laughs> I had his Wikipedia. But, uh, yeah, if if anybody's a fan of the music, I mean, really, you know, follow him on social media. Like I said, he is he's a he's a great follow. Uh, he starts a lot of conversations around a lot of topics, mm-hmm. and he responds. I mean, some of the his his best stuff is responding to yep. fans like you and me. Um, yep. And I think I saw one where some guy was like, "I got stuck. I was trying to get to the show." Um, or like his car broke down. He's the money he was going to use for the tickets, and the, and he just responded like, "We'll be at will call." Like you know, <laughs> it's like little little stories like that. That's so. awesome. Yeah, it says here on his Wikipedia from Green Hill, Alabama. Okay. So that is awesome, and that concluded our Friday evening. Um, Saturday was a little bit of a later start for all of us because you know two days of a music festival running around, so you're gonna sleep in a little bit longer. Um, definitely took advantage of the vending on Saturday afternoon. They had a great coffee stand and like they had breakfast burritos and all this delicious food. Soul Brew Coffee. Soul Brew. That's what the name of it was. God, it was so good. They're a local Eau Claire. Um, yeah, I like to think I've had good cups of coffee, but nothing beats that, that slow pour, Mm -hmm. uh, the individual cups. And listen, I'm, I'm no coffee snob. I'll take a speedway. I am. I am. (laughs) I'm I'm a little bit. Because well, I drink my coffee black, so if you're drinking shitty coffee, you can really tell the so, difference. Well, that's the thing. Maybe Because I, I do, too, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, just muddy and dark, whatever. If it yeah. tastes like coffee, it's coffee. And then I had Soul Brew. They've been there um, the past couple of years, and I remember going in 2019, and you know, they're in there. They got their little setup at the in the green room tent, and he poured, and I took a sip. I was just like, wait, what is Is this coffee? And I was like, <laughs> so they they uh, they do a great job. So shout out Soul Brew Coffee. If you're ever in Eau Claire, I would imagine that maybe they sell some beans online, but check them out. Definitely, yeah. That was delicious coffee. Um, so, yeah, Saturday after we kind of relaxed and hung out for a while, there was definitely music going on in, like, the back area early in the day. But one of the bands that – this was the first one that I caught of that day that I really wanted to talk about because, man, they have a song – that really was just amazing to me, and it's called or them, "Them Coolie Boys" is the name of the band. Mm. Um, I just found their storytelling and their writing really deep. There was a song that literally made me cry, and the and the uh, "I Won't Be Defined" is a song by them that really. It's there's a song like it's kind of just you know about 
overcoming adversity and there's a song about his mother um you know we'll just play it for you because that's going to be one of the ones we can should i close with that i'll close the podcast so you, you can hear the whole the... song so you can Ooh, hear the whole that's song. a good that's good <laughs> now, now we've now we've just set them up but yeah them coolie boys um they're another four-piece band they they kind of plug in a little bit so they're yeah. not your traditional you know acoustic bluegrass i mean Bo, their their banjo players an electric banjo um and they, they do what they do a great job and, and i've been listening to him for for a minute um from to, even from 2019 to 2021 you can you can hear and see how they're i don't know if maybe it's it's confidence or just you know more practical not that 2019 was yeah it was still an incredible show but man they've their sound and how tight they've gotten um and their their presence and their shows have just gotten so good um and they're another one that that does really good with crowd play and you know the kind of highs and lows through their set um, and I've, I believe they're actually Eau Claire local, so they are definitely one of the fan yeah. favorites up there, um, which already draws a big local crowd. Um, yeah, they're 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 definitely a, a group to check out, and I think they're a good intro. If if you can't jump right into the the banjos and mandolins, and um, I think them Cooley Boys is a good gateway drug definitely <laughs> into definitely. bluegrass. Actually, you know, I should just play it now since it's fresh on the mind. Let's play it. Play um, it. But we're going to let this one rock to the third verse because the third verse is the one that really gets you going. Um, but, yeah, I actually reached out to them, too, afterwards. I was just like, this song is incredible. I posted about them on Instagram, and they started following me. And um, I reached out to him, and I was like, dude, that song, I Won't Be Defined, really, like, did something to me. <laughs> and, I was like, and he was like, dude, that song is really personal to me, and it means a lot. So that's really cool that you said that. Yeah, and I, I really think they're they're one of those acts too. Is man, it's like how are they not just huge? I know. You know how are they? You know how are they not carrying like yeah. a huge national tour? They're they're so talented. Um, it seems like his look is starting to come more like I'm a rock star type of vibe. Because I was looking at old videos where they're playing like coffee houses and small bars and stuff, and I'm like, oh, he's definitely got his style together now. Like they he looks they, like they should now. walk around with so much swagger. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. They, I mean, they really are, and um, <laughs> I, I look forward to you know their growth um and just telling as many people as i can about them coolie boys yeah i agree this is one of the songs that andy had played on the way up for me too so i was like once it was played at the show i was like oh i know this one <laughs> two grown men crying at, <laughs> yeah. you know, like we looked like the, the scene in night. tommy boy <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like two grown men crying at 12 o'clock trying to find a motel outside of madison <laughs> well without further ado here is a song that I really love. It's called I Won't Be Defined by Them Cooley Boys. The album is Dancing in the Dim Light. She left me lonely Love in her eyes Like a long lost sister singing last goodbyes. Oh, but she loves the fire just as much as she loves size. You ain't ever lonely, this love in her eyes cleared my conscience. Called it clean Like a hallowed homestead Covered in gasoline Oh, but no one loves a liar 
much as they love nicotine. Now I ain't saying nothing that I don't mean. I won't be defined by who I am when I'm weak. When my mind has its seizing grip on me. I don't have to be a victim to the forces you can't see. I won't be defined by who I am when I'm weak. Lost a friend and to the TV screen like a falling firefly. Drawn to the lamplight scene. Oh, but I love my time there just as much as you love me. Never let your heart get in the way of your dreams. I won't be defined by who I am when I'm weak. When my mind has its seizing grip on me, I don't have to be a victim to the forces you can't see. I won't be defined who I am when I'm weak. So I grew my hair Like a raised middle finger To the man upstairs Oh, but God loves the fighter Just as much as he loves prayers My mom beat cancer But I'll keep my hair That song gets to you, man. I could see everyone in the crowd was getting emotional during that part too, I man. Got <laughs> for sure. Maybe we should have waited for that because I want to. Oh listen my to that god! Whole thing I, know, I know, dude. It's great. Not that it. was most of that song, but um, just the way they come in on that chorus with the four-part harmony and just like, whew, it just sounds a, so good. That's a Led Zeppelin thing. That, that it, and it just it, it's just this escalation, mm-hmm. you know, from the from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they're they're in kind of the camp to it, and bluegrass also, um. I think one of the big things too about it is it's not all national acts and and um, them Cooley boys, horseshoes and hand grenades, uh, Pertnier, you know these are all Wisconsin, Minnesota yep. based artists. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do a great job at showcasing 
you know, local talent, regional talent yep. um, that is really on the cusp of breaking out. So that's an, that's just another kind of storyline of Blue Ox that I always enjoy is like you're watching these artists and that, that's half the reason they're so approachable backstage is because they're all Midwestern. It's that yeah. Midwest nice yeah, thing. Yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> you know, crack a beer and let's hang out. <laughs> yep, and, you know, exactly. And talk. So it's it's a great showcase for for you know, acts that are approachable and you can get into and you can you can see them in the area. And it's, yeah. you're not having to go to an arena or anything. You know, they're they're at local bars. And yep. um, I know locally, probably Otis Supply, um, I would kind of keep an eye on their schedule. Otis Supply is great. Yeah, and they, awesome. they, uh, a lot of artists in this genre um, make their way, you know, through through Otis Supply. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just another, just another Midwest nice talented group of guys it's crazy too because the lead singer of them coolie boys his voice sounds that good live too like it is like record sounding it's yeah amazing. all these songs <laughs> just on that and the amplification of mm-hmm. that sound system there um and then again it's it's because it's in the woods yeah um and it's a vast campground and there's not there's no structure to it it's mm-hmm. you know tents and i think one kind of building off to the left those songs just echo yep. through oh, the yeah. woods. for and, sure and the reverb that you get um and the echoes is just it, it's an incredible venue, and, and um, just to kind of touch on that real quick too. I know we were kind of talking about you know the grounds in the beginning, but um, you know this really is I think for you know anybody who can't handle the fifty thousand Bonnaroo, you know we're not all twenty two anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. You know what I mean. So it's like this is this is just one. You know the the drive to Eau Claire, we did it. It did not feel. You know, on paper, I think it's like eight or nine hours. It did not feel, especially the drive up, because we were just chatting it up the whole time, hadn't yeah. seen each other it, in a while. It doesn't <laughs> feel, or even you know, flying to Minneapolis and and getting over, you know, for a forty-five minute hour drive to Eau Claire. Um, if you you know, if you're a fan of bluegrass music of any of these artists, um, it's family friendly, and but you know, it's it's laid out to where there's you know the families in the quiet areas, and then you can come to the backwoods area and mm-hmm. party all night if you want to. Yep. So. Um, you know, for anybody who's who's wanting to get back into, you know, concerts and festivals, this is just one that is fun for everybody. Um, it was great, and it definitely like you could definitely tell it was so much more spaced out. There's not you're not running into everyone every two and a half seconds. Sometimes it's like overwhelming how many people are at Bonnaroo. You're like, yeah. God damn! And especially for the big acts, if you're not camping out for one of the big acts at Bonnaroo, you're going to be so far back you're not going to see the artist no, you know what i mean <laughs> it really is it's it's such a fun festival um and i'm pretty sure they've already got the the 2022 information out oh that's sweet close with that um but we can't talk saturday and i think uh of all the artists we've talked about without talking about pertinier sandstone that's for sure um uh, who i don't even know where to begin with them i've <laughs> i've been such a fan of them for a long time, and they they uh, are the co-hosts of this entire festival. Yeah. So they work with the Bischel family. Um, I think they're uh, they're big on you know who's playing that weekend. You know, for years they were emceeing the event. I mean, they're they're backstage, they're coordinating. I mean, they've you know they're they're making sure people are where they need to be, um, emceeing, you know, keeping the energy up. Um, and so they they're a Minneapolis-based band. Uh, I believe five pieces. I'm trying to count all the members uh, in my head, but they're. Uh, most known, I think four, four, four total. Um, and I always think of Matt Cartier. So I think one of the, the things that sets them apart on stage is their their rhythm is kept by Matt Cartier, who's on the clogs. Oh yeah, yeah. that part is hilarious. So I think so you know what? Actually, it is five people here, and then the clog guy. So yeah, you got Matt, Jay, Kevin, yeah, Nate, uh, Justin. Five. Who was the blonde one that we were talking to the most in the back? 
He had the glasses on, kind of medium length hair. I think he had it in like a little bun or whatever. Uh, I believe that was that was Justin. Because he was, yeah, it was Justin. Yeah, because Justin, yep. Justin's probably the most visible back there. Kind yeah, of, um, he was probably the person everything. I talked to the most back there because he was always kind of back there and like he's just a super friendly guy. They you all know? Like, he was all everybody and <laughs> Matt. Um, and so yeah, they're you'll know they're on stage because Matt has a mic'd up pallet of wood. And so he's, funny. He's clogging short shorts. And yeah, he's he's, <laughs> oh, he's showing them those short cut off jean shorts. Yeah, he's, he knows what he's doing. Uh, he's showing the stems. That's his instrument. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> so they're they're another fun act and kind of that uh, traditional bluegrass, but still have kind of the neo bluegrass sound. So you know, kind of a rock and roll yeah. show, but it's very kind of traditional bluegrass. Um, and I think that was probably the song we listened to the most in the way of, because I had uh, one of their earlier tracks, 20 Cups of Coffee. 20 Cups of Coffee, that's what it <laughs> that, was. Yeah, that's what I was, uh, that one gets stuck in my head all the time, and it's usually when there's coffee. <laughs> <laughs> cups coffee. Do you know what album that's, that one's off of? Uh, 20 Cups of Coffee. Oh, they have a Live at Blue Ox uh, album on here. I wonder if that's on here. Yeah, I'm trying to remember, um, if I, was it Paradise oh, Hot, maybe? Um, no, it had been before that. That's kind of a. Is it called Twenty Cups of Coffee? Yeah, it's called Twenty Cups of Coffee. Okay, let's um, see. I'm going to find it. But they have a they have a big following in um in Minnesota, Minneapolis. They're they're playing shows. Uh, I'm trying to remember where I've seen them. I definitely have had a few drinks with them over at Palmer's. Um, but that we've done interviews with them. They are. They draw a huge crowd at Blue Ox. I mean, when they headline yeah. two nights, I mean they are they are a headline worthy act. Um, just a lot of energy, a lot of fun. Um, Twenty cups of coffee. I can't find is, it on these albums here. It's off of Paradise Hop. Yeah, I was right. Paradise Hop. Let's see where's that one. At? Oh wait, over at Midwest. Oh, I didn't have all their albums up. That's why. There it is. <laughs> um, I think I've. I want to say it's Paradise Hop is the one I reviewed, but um, for anybody looking for information on Pertinier Sandstone, um, we've got a couple articles on them over at MidwesternGentleman.com. No, they don't have it on here, unfortunately. Oh, I could probably pull it up on YouTube. With, <laughs> with, it, with an ad before? No, I'll, I'll mute the ad. Pertinier Sandstone. 20 cups of coffee. YouTube's gotten so bad with that because now they'll do it like you'll be watching a concert and they'll just run the ad like in the middle of a damn song. Oh, sweet. They got a live version of it. So that is tight. Two seconds for this ad to skip. What I like too about their music as well is they have a number of, they all kind of jump in. They all carry songs vocally. Um, and so it's kind of fun listening to the songs, you know, Kevin jumping in on certain songs, uh, Jay, their guitar player. They all each each one of them has their own kind of personality, and they, those kind of carry into these songs that they they're able to sing. And I think they they share writing responsibilities, and so um, kind of a communal effort. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a, one of the most fun ones to watch by by far. And I think that's what makes their album so great, and even their live show is mm-hmm. that is that each one gets their you know between I think Kevin and Jay I think carry most of the vocals on a lot of these songs, but um, there's a certain personality to a Kevin Evil song versus like a Jay Len song. Uh-huh. Both great, but it's just kind of it keeps you keeps yeah. you guessing throughout any album. Yeah, for sure. I found a live version of it. So here is Twenty Cups of Coffee by Pertnier Stanstone. Matt on those 
Matt's feet. Oh yeah, you can. Yeah, it was definitely their bass player, um, the one that I was talking about. Is that Justin? Yeah. Okay, yeah, because uh, that's, that's the one that I had, was talking to the most yeah. back there. Yeah, you can definitely hear the energy right off. The, it sounds like they drank 20, cup, 20 cups of coffee before <laughs> they recorded that. They represent <laughs> the Midwest well. They're, I mean, they're, uh, you know, the, some of the story behind, you know, Blue Ox, I think they were, you know, they were originally approached on um, Country Country USA, was also held at the same Eau Claire, um, which is mm-hmm. a big kind of pop country music festival. Um, and I think they were approached about, you know, helping set up kind of like a side bluegrass stage. And I think the, I think they were kind of like, eh, it's, it's, uh, it's not quite the same thing. And they realized kind of like with what they were asked to do for Country USA is like, I mean, with this, um, with this budget or whatever, you know, we could put on like a serious, like if this is what you have towards a bluegrass stage at your festival. Like if you just give us our own, I mean, you know, we can make a few calls. Yeah. You're getting, I mean, they're so well respected and known, um, you know, within bluegrass. I mean, they're calling Grammy award winners. Um, and, you know, they put together a roster and got the first one going, I believe in 2015. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're, you know, out West, uh, you know, nationally traveling, um, but they, they stay true to their Midwest roots and the, they're again, the, the Minnesota music scene and the Minneapolis scene. Um, just so much fun. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. Um, yeah, they were probably my favorite on Saturday night. A couple of other honorable mentions from that day um, that I'm not going to get into because we're running a little long as it is. But uh, the Kitchen Dwellers were definitely worth noting. They were after the, them Cooley Boys. And then them, uh, Leftover Salmon was after that, and that was another really good show. Um, I actually lied. I thought I had only seen two of the or one of the acts before. I'd seen Leftover Salmon before as well yeah. uh, prior to going to that festival. Um, and then you had... One the next the final one that we'll probably talk about I think at least the last one that I have noted down here um, would be Shaky Graves. Oh, of course. <laughs> so Shaky, uh, you know that was definitely one of the, uh, um, you know his sound. He's got that more kind of atmospheric guitar, and it, you know it's it's funny because I've heard his music and listened to his music, um, and I, maybe it's just the the tone of his music. I, I was. A, expecting kind of more of like a brooding kind of show um mm-hmm. but he he's he was hilarious in between you know in between each song his kind of banter on stage and i was kind of hoping i was really hoping that the the sun would go down a little bit quicker before he started it you know he had it's it's him and his guitars and he's another kind of one-man band yep. um up there and i I, th- I just felt like with with the lighting behind it i was i was 
I think expecting or hoping for another kind of infamous string dusters where yeah. like because his the, the the guitar playing the atmosphere his vocals I just think like a a nighttime show um, would would have made it just just that much better. I agree. But no, I totally agree with it you. It was on a that. phenomenal set, um, and he's got. And I, I think to piggyback a little bit off that too, like he's got almost like this dark undertone to his music that's kind of almost like got like a like a metal vibe not, not sounding not, doesn't sound like metal music but it's got like this metal vibe like a hard rock vibe like there's um this band i listen to called the black angels that kind of sometimes reminds me of that in a way he was he was one of the artists that um as soon as he got off and we were all back there um he was the one who i'd, I'd been a fan of and you know, driving up there, kind of like, man, if I meet Shaky Graves, I'm going to say this, you know, I'm like, oh, and it was just one of those moments where, like, I was back there, and he, he was, he was back there mingling and talking and, um, you know, saying hi to everybody, and he walked right by me, and I was like, here's your moment, and he, <laughs> I had to pull the old, uh, and, and with a stage name, which I believe it's a stage name, hey, Shaky. I, yeah, sh- like, <laughs> Mr. Graves, Shaky, you know, I, I feel like that's got to be tough for people with stage yeah. names, I, you know, it's like, you know, um, and he walks by, and all I could, all I could muster up was, uh, shaky, <laughs> great set, man. And he goes, oh, thank you. And he walks by. I was like, that's what you came up with, Andy. That was your moment. To th-. And he's, he was. I watched him as he just was holding conversations with everybody. Yeah. And you know, I, I'm sure if I had just you know walked over and <laughs> started over, um, <laughs> it would have been a fun conversation. But that was that was my. Andy, <laughs> that's the best you could do. Dude, I always wish Great that I was set. a more naturally witty person. Like, I always like you always think of like the best shit to say like two hours later. You're like, oh, that's what I should have done there. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm circling Shaky for a, another a second impression. Shaky to, to is since that's who um we're gonna plug a few things here, but I want to close with Shaky Graves because this roll on the bone or the roll the bones uh live version here is pretty dope and it's a good way to end out the set. Um, I think we should definitely note that we want to say thank you to Karen, who uh, organizes the uh, event and kind of like yeah, Karen. You is, could probably describe it a little better. Yeah, Karen. Uh, Karen, she leads their their PR department, um, and so she is she's up there coordinating all of the the journalists and photographers. Um, so she's uh, she's hard to find during the weekend. They mm-hmm. keep her busy, um, but she's just uh, a wonderful person to work with. Um, Mark, Pertnier Sandstone. The Bischel family. Um, we have a actually on MidwesternGentleman.com. There is the story of Blue Ox Music Festival, um, and it's it's in full detail of, of how this this festival started, uh, all the parties involved, and all the work that goes into it um, throughout the year. And you can follow them on Instagram too. It's just Blue Ox Music Festival. Yes. And uh, again, I mean to close, I really can't you know I, I can't encourage enough um, anybody who's into Americana, Blue Ox or uh, bluegrass. Um, you know, a little bit of country. I, I, we just don't have, I think, that kind of festival here in Michigan. Um, and I, like I said, the, the festival grounds are beautiful. It's family friendly. There's parties, there's beer, there's, mm-hmm. you know, food, music. It's just, it's a hell of a weekend. It and really it really is. is, it's not that far away. Um, I know we, we think Wisconsin and Minnesota has got to be so far away, but you can get there, and um, I just encourage everybody in in Michigan to you know circle the dates for next year. If you go to blueoxmusicfestival.com, they're pretty quick. I think they've already set the dates for yeah. um, for 2022, 
Um, and it's always fun once they announce it because I'm constantly refreshing just to see if they even, <laughs> even though I know the lineup isn't <laughs> yeah. going to you know, show up until probably yeah. February, I'm just kind of like, oh, any, any new news? So um, I was going to try to pull up. I want to say, it's, I believe it's going to be in June of next year. So it's okay. coming up quick. Cool. Um, and, and also, it's a place where you can meet unlikely friends. I want to say shout out to my new friends, Jeff and Marsha. <laughs> just a quick little story about them is, uh, we kind of met them over by Karen's tent. She had an RV set up with the tent over by like almost the backstage area, and we're kind of me and Andy would take breaks in there from the sun because they had a nice little canopy tent in there. And we're sitting in there, and this older couple comes and talks to us. I, I don't mean like older, but they're my parents' age, so I think late sixties, and um, they were just two. You could tell that they were hippies, you know, back in the day, and. You know, Jeff had like no shirt on, real long hair. You know, Marsha's got tattoos and her nose pierced and all this kind of a short, stylish hairdo and everything. And they were just like the most friendly people ever. We get to talking to them. And then we ended up talking to Rachel from uh, Barbaro Band's uh, father. He was there with them too. And we were just talking to them and they're like, you know, our kids are grown now. They're successful. We just retired. So now we just travel the country and go to music festivals together. I'm like, you guys just gave me like a new lease on what <laughs> my life could be like getting older. <laughs> like I, I could still do this and be cool. <laughs> I know it's I know it's a cliche, but they talk about the Blue Ox family. I mean, it really it's, is. It's everybody who's ever been there is you know is kind of brought into the Blue Ox family. I mean, all their socials stay active all year round. Um, you know, there's there's friends being made um, every year there. There's they still do like. If you check out some of their community stuff, there's people like carpooling, mm-hmm. you know, still saying like, hey, I'm yeah. in Minneapolis. I need to ride out there. People are like, you know, come on in. The the campgrounds themselves, all the campers, you know, we had a, our the group next to us made us just a stellar breakfast. Oh, my God. Morning. That was so good. Um, Shout out to Sam and Kaylee. And Sam, Kaylee, Andrew, Ellie. Ellie? I believe Ellie. <laughs> if they're listening, <laughs> hopefully uh, we didn't screw that last name up. So... <laughs> No, it's uh, I encourage everybody follow Blue Ox Music Festival. Circle, circle the dates next year, um, and come party with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm gonna take you guys out. Um, actually, so real quick, next episode that I'm gonna drop at this is the 99th episode. The following one is gonna be our hundredth episode. We made it to a hundred, and we have some cool uh, special things planned out for you there. We have a couple of live performances on the show. For the first time. Well, actually, we've had small ones, but this was kind of a special thing that we did here. So um, we will be back to you um, within a few days for that one. And you can follow Andy at Midwestern Gentleman. Um, and you, you obviously know where mine is. I say it every week. And I'm going to take you guys out now with Roll the Bones. Andy, thank you for taking me to the festival. It was so much fun. I had a great time. And I definitely want to go back next year. So let's do it. Um, here is Shaky Graves, Roll the Bones, live from Audio Tree. Peace.
Chase you out.